Hello there. Hi. Welcome to. Scarlet all the way across. Of course they did. They're ready. Our dogs have the zoomies today. Yes, they do. And welcome to another episode of a BJJ marriage with your hosts Nick Lee and Brittany Lee. Hello. Hello, hello. My name is officially Brittany Lee now that I got my passport today. Yes, you did. Cheers to that. How exciting. Ding. Mm. Austin, I got my class of 2018 from Carroll University cup. Uh, I've got my day to remember uh, campfire coffee cup. It's fun. <laughs> Love it. My day to remember is great pump up music to get you ready for competition, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I have made an actual competition playlist before. Oh, I love those. Uh-huh. They're fun. Yeah, I've got one for, like, Muay Thai, and I've got one for Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. Because uh, there's a little different energy between yep. the two, I would say. Yeah, and our instructor really likes Hispanic music, but any time that I played my Muay Thai playlist, it was always Latin, just fiesta, basically. <laughs> Every Latin song. Yeah, pretty much. That's the beat of any Latin song. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, pretty much. We could cut that together. That's three different sequences of the Latin song. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. thanks for joining us on that musical journey. <laughs> but today our episode is all about seminars. So last weekend, I was fortunate enough to go with Brenton, uh, the head instructor of our gym, and we went to a three-day Pedro Sauer seminar out in Woodsville, Woodstock. Woodstock, Atlanta. At Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> Woodstock, Atlanta is what I said. In, uh, it was uh, Georgia. It's Woodstock, Georgia. Atlanta is not a state. Turns out. <laughs> it's funny because on his Facebook post, he's like, I had so much fun in Woodstock, Atlanta. And I was like, honey, <laughs> it's, it's Woodstock, Georgia. <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh, I'll go edit that right now. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I was I was typing fast on our road trip home. Well, but you're so energized. I'm always so energized. But why were you energized? Why was I energized? Look at your belt. Look at that. Look at his shiny belt, guys. He got his four stripe. A full rank. He is full no rank longer a three stripe blue belt. No, because nobody cares about three stripe blue belt. No, you matter now. <laughs> <laughs> I now matter. Yes. <laughs> nobody, I'm better than a white belt. Nobody cares about three stripe blue belts. <laughs> Shout out yeah. Josh Janice. <laughs> yes, but my fourth stripe was super fun to get because uh, in the middle of the seminar, on the second session on Saturday evening, when the most people were attending, Master Sauer calls out my name and calls me up for a stripe in front of everybody. And there was maybe like 50 or 60 people there on the mats, and that was just a super fun moment. That's awesome. The stripe was still from Brenton. Um, you know, he's the lineage. It goes, Helio, Pedro. Brenton, me, now. So that seems weird, but yeah. Um, it was super fun to just be there with everybody. And <clears throat> seminars, just in general, just bring so much value. They're just really so worth it. And that's what we want to discuss today, is why you should plan out going to at least one or two <laughs> seminars a year, mm -hmm. I would say. I think the biggest drawback for people about seminars is the cost. I mean, they are a little pricey, yes. especially if it's a Pedro Sauer seminar or yeah. if it's someone who is like very, very, very high ranked. 
Like I know an Argent. Or a world champion or Yeah. Like anyone who you probably know the name of, it's not going to be cheap. But we'll get into that. We do have seminars at Fluid that when our people host it, it's between thirty and sixty dollars. So it's not yeah. as bad. But they are, I mean, that's still 30 to $60 that you're paying yeah. on top of your membership, on top of your geese, on right. top of your injury preparedness and all that. Yeah, else. I was going to say, <laughs> jiu-jitsu is not a super cheap sport. No. You know, gym membership, okay, that can get up there. Whenever you need new geese, need new equipment, you need a brace for your knee, you need to buy more diclofenic to rub <laughs> all over your joints. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> Uh, if you get like, you know, supplements, hemp cream, um, tapes, tapes for your fingers, uh, rash guards, yeah, abs, rash guards. everything, it gets, gets it can, to be it a can pretty penny. So I understand why people are a little bit cautious about going to seminars because mm -hmm. they're already spending so much time and energy and money into jujitsu. But I think <clears throat> once a year is not a bad mark to at least go to one or two seminars a year. Mm -hmm. And it's not crazy expensive. The Master Sour one is, I think we paid one fifteen each for it. It is going mm -hmm. up in price as it's getting closer now because we're right. trying to fill seats or trying to, I don't really know what the point of that is. Just the point of that is <laughs> if you're missing out on a cheaper price oh. by signing up early. Yeah. Sign early, up early sign up. Yeah. But yeah, so we paid like 115 I think they're now at like 125 yep. I think they go all the way up to 160 up the week of. The seminar I was at last weekend was $400 a person. Yeah. But that was three days. And there was also some business coaching seminars on top of just jujitsu seminars. Mm -hmm. So it was like everything that I'm working for in my life, it checked all of those boxes. And I was really grateful to be able to go with Brenton. Uh, we drove down there and spent Friday through Sunday there. And there was multiple jujitsu sessions. I learned the coolest thing about the seminar, so I just want to talk about the seminar for a little bit. He's going to go into it for a while. I'm probably <laughs> right. just like off to the sideline on this whole thing. Yes. <laughs> but the coolest thing about the Master Sour seminar is it was for all the Pedro Sour affiliates in the Pedro Sour Association. It was for the gym owners. So there was more than 30 of Pedro Sour's black belts on the mats. And there was more black belts than any other belt on the mat. And that is... Remarkable. That's something I've never seen before. Typically, you know, you go into any gym and there's a sea of white belts, a couple of blue belts, maybe you'll see a brown and a purple, and then one black belt if you're lucky. Maybe two black belts if you're at a really cool school with great teachers. And that's typically the extent of black belts you're going to see. But I saw the entire wall, because you know people line up against the wall, the black belt is against the wall, then everybody lines up on the mats. Well, the black belts were too many black belts to lean up against the wall. They started curling around into the brown and purples. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and that was just really a fantastic experience. Just being around all of that knowledge and knowing that all these people have put so much time into learning jujitsu from Master Pedro Sauer. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know who Master Pedro Sauer is, who is he? Oh my gosh, look him up. <laughs> he's great. Okay. He, he's yeah, if you don't know, look him up. He signed my belt. He signed his belt when he stayed with us. Uh, yeah. He is one of the first people, one of the first generation people. He learned under Master Elio Gracie all that he knows about jujitsu. Mm -hmm. He is where he is at because of the founder of jujitsu. Straight and, from the source. Yeah, it's just fantastic. The knowledge that he has and the wisdom that he can pass down to his affiliates is just amazing. And the way that he teaches and is so... Simple. Simple, 
And he's such a great storyteller that you're going to remember. Mm -hmm. Like, if I say crossing bones, what do you think of? <laughs> you think, of, oh, yeah, the bones need to cross. That's how you start Yeah, things. or if you think of a silhouette of a wall. He was telling us oh, how he got yeah. pushed through a wall, and it made a silhouette of his body, like how you would see in a Tom and Jerry episode or something. Yeah, that was he was telling us stories about the Gracie challenges that he used to have to endure when he was at home mm -hmm. eating dinner, and someone would come knock... Uh, time for a Gracie challenge, and he would call Helio and be like, Helio, you're here for a Gracie challenge, and Helio's like, okay, I got the money, find him. Yeah. <laughs> and then Pedro was like, okay, let's move the kitchen table. <laughs> Kids go in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't even, like, really make them go anywhere. Like, he would just do it right in front of them, because yeah. he said there was one time that his kids were just watching TV, and this was probably back in, like, the 70s or so, so they still had the big, giant box TVs that were on the floor with the big antennas, and he said that part of one of his Gracie challenges, he was flipped over that TV where his like legs were hanging in front of the screen. And his kids were like, Dad, move out of the way. We're trying to watch. <laughs> because they were so, they, I mean, the Gracie challenges were so common. It was just like, oh, there's another Gracie challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's crazy. I mean, think about, we're telling you this story in very little depth, whereas like we still remember these stories to that extent. And they were told to us a year ago. Like, yeah. he's just, he's a very good storyteller, and he is just a really fun guy to be around. Yeah, he's great. He's super humble, and he's just such a gentleman, and really just a fantastic human being. He's mm -hmm. someone I aspire to mirror in my future life. And he's really good at jujitsu. Yes. <laughs> the techniques that he teaches are just so simple and fundamental and useful. Like, it's insane. I wrote down four pages of notes from the last seminar, yeah. and we already started teaching it, Brent and I, in our last this week, and people are like, oh, duh, why would I not have done that before? Right. <laughs> Every time, from Master Sauer, for sure. Mm -hmm. But any seminar you go to, you're going to pick up one or two little nuggets, because typically when people take, teach a seminar, it's what they are known for, or what they put the most time developing yeah, into their game, game yeah. and then teaching you what has worked the best for them over the last, you know, 5, 10, 15 years of them training jiu-jitsu. Yeah, like I could think of all of our black belts and even brown belts and what they specialize in. And if they've done a seminar, I can tell you exactly what it's on. Like Josh Janice does guillotines, mm -hmm. and my dad does side control, and Mike does basically stop the smash. That's his thing. He yep. just doesn't let you get where you want to go <laughs> or have a guard. That's yeah. a big thing for him too. But like, it just seems like once you're at that level, you have officially come up with something that is your technique, your style, mm -hmm. and then you are willing to pass that down to people. Our dogs are going nuts up there. They're okay. <laughs> They'll be They're just like, where'd they go? But anyway, yeah. So seminars, if you can make it to one, make sure that it's going to be one that you enjoy. Normally, you'll probably get a lot out of anyone that you go to, but if it's specifically for maybe it's a brown belt or a black belt that you're close with or that you have had a good relationship with, you're probably going to get even more out of that seminar just right. because of your personal relationship with that person too. Yeah, and you understand them and what they're trying to say and how they're trying to say it already, so yeah. you're going to learn better from those types of people. Yep. Well, I know when Mike Coy held his, I was really hesitant on going because I was injured, I wasn't going to be able to do anything. His seminar was straight up called Stop the Smash. And I was like, well, I'm injured. No one can even touch me right now at all. I don't even know if I should go. So I went and I did what I could. And I still got so much out of that seminar. It was yeah. crazy. That was only $30. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fantastically valued seminar mm -hmm. for our, our whole crew. And, and think about it this way too: when you're paying for a seminar, you are investing in your own game because that's typically something you're going to take one or two things, as he said, out of every seminar that you're probably going to use for the rest of your life. Yes. And to pay thirty dollars, thirty dollars, sixty dollars, two hundred dollars is, I mean, in the end, that's probably worth fifty years of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> it totally is, yeah. And like you said, you pick up a nugget out of every... There's normally one or two big nuggets that you come away with because you can't remember everything from hours of technique, right? And that's why I tried to write down as many notes as I can so I can go back to them and be like, oh yeah, this that I learned from... Uh, what was his name? Andy Bryant? Yeah, I learned uh, basically a, a knee on spine to open up their neck. It was fantastic. And I, I'm sorry to the people I tried it on on Wednesday, because <laughs> they are all like, they gave me this face after I did it. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is not nice. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Did you write good enough notes though? Like, are you going yes. to be able to look at those notes five years from now and know exactly what you meant? That's yes. good, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote specific details like where to grip your hands, like little tiny minute details. Yeah. Ellie was trying to go through her notes from a master's hour seminar, and I think she said she was a white belt when she was looking at them. And she was trying to go over them with me, and she's reading them, and she's like, I don't even know what I wrote. I don't know what this means. It tells me to go do this, but, like, what does that even mean? And so her and I were trying to break it down and figure it out. And then she's like, did that seem right? That does not seem right. This is so wrong. This is so awful. I should have taken better notes. <laughs> so if you get anything out of that story, let Ellie be an example. Yeah, <laughs> to try to write down... Notes as many details as you can yeah because like at the moment you think you will remember it all and then i mean five years later you look at it and you're just like yeah i don't know what that meant <laughs> so yep that's uh where your memory starts to come into play with jujitsu mm -hmm. but i mean jujitsu is all muscle memory and habits and you're trying to download your logical memory into your physical memory and there's a there's a difference there yeah. but yeah so the seminar last weekend, 30 black belts, that was insane. The first session, there was a, a Friday night seminar, and then after that Friday night seminar, there was five black belts teaching for 30 minutes at a time, there was an hour and a half time slot. So each five of these black belts specialized in one thing, and you had to pick three out of the five, and yes, that was a little challenging, but it was super fun and impactful. Um, I learned some awesome armbar breaks from a woman called, named, called, a woman named Iris. I mean, someone could be called something. She could we be call called. you a human backpack. There's people yeah, who yeah, are you're called, right. uh, you're we right. have a lot of weird nicknames in our gym. We're not going to go through those. But ones. her name is Iris. <laughs> <laughs> and she showed these awesome armbar breaks. I can't wait to I'm show I'm sure you. Iris is called something in her gym. Probably. Especially being a black belt female. Yeah. Her and her husband are black belts. Her husband just got his black belt at the seminar also. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, there was oh. a ton of promotion. It was a great, great, great time. How long has she been a black belt? Uh, she got her first degree, I think. So she got her first degree and her husband got her black belt. Okay, so she's like roughly three years, black three years belt. ahead of him, which is kind of where we're at right now. That's yeah. kind of cool. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine when we're four belts. Oh my gosh, he says that all the time. 
Like, I'm thinking great. way far ahead. When were coral belts? And every time he says that, I just kind of like, wow, it's a really long time away. It used to be, before we started jujitsu, when she would get fed up with me, I'd tell her, it's okay, you only got at least 80 more years left with me. <laughs> and then yeah. she was like, oh my god. <laughs> so I was 20 when he said that, and I'm 25 now. So every year it's been counting down. Now I say we're at 75 years. Yep, you got 75 years left with me, at least. I'm excited for it. Hopefully. <laughs> it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so five black belts teaching at one time was super crazy. But I think the coolest thing that I learned out of that five black belts seminar, uh, there was this guy, Randy McElry, something like that. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. But I don't know. There. he taught uh, jujitsu self-defense against multiple attackers which was super cool because he was part of a special task unit in the army. I think he was like a green beret or something. And they did a lot of airplane security. Okay. So, and that was right around nine 11 and they needed to know without any weapons, how to defend yourself against multiple attackers. Mm -hmm. And he taught a whole sequence for it and it was super eye opening and awesome. That was cool. That yeah. was a really fun to experience. I can show you later. That's fun. Yeah. I wrote notes on it. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. But So what would you say was your biggest takeaway from this last seminar? Not all of them, just this last one. The last seminar. Um it's something that Master Sauer has talked about before in previous seminars, but he was talking about how jujitsu is a language and as a white belt you're kinda of learning the alphabet, the vowels in the alphabet. As a blue belt, you're starting to learn words. You're starting to put letters together and understand words. Maybe you can say like two word sentences, two or three words, simple sentences, like I drink water <laughs> or something super simple, right? Um, as purple belt, you start to actually make sentences that make sense that you can start talking to people about, like, you know, just start to have that conversation. As brown belt, you start to have in-depth actual conversations with people that can really you know impact you as a round belt and then at black belt he says that that's when you're able to start talking about philosophy so at that point you've completely transcended the language and now you're starting to talk about more things but you're able to communicate it and that's all through jujitsu and it was super cool to hear that analogy that is interesting jujitsu as a language because we're having conversations with our body right and if you're trying to do a move on me and I'm literally just trying to stuff it I'm you know having a conversation with you that's basically like no stop don't do this but I could also be you know let you talk and then let my conversation respond to that in a different way and just you know make you tired by you doing all the talking and me just answering you know questions yeah I like it yeah. That's very cool. You didn't even tell me that. That's awesome. There's so much to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down extensive notes on that also. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool because we talk about the library theory with it. Mm -hmm. Where when you're a white belt, you are entering the library for the first time that has thousands of books. Sorry, my dogs are making so much noise. It's <laughs> very distracting. But uh, 
No, so you're entering the library that's filled with thousands, if not, like, more than that, of just books everywhere. Yes, and each book is a technique. Yeah, and so when you are a white belt, you are maybe looking at, like, ten of them. Yeah, you should start to, like, see books, and you're like, oh, or that's like, a book. You've seen the title, and maybe you can tell people, like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that title. Yeah, but like, I couldn't like, tell like you a, a butterfly guard. Yeah. That's the title of a book. Yeah. Or a type of sweep or a type of takedown or just specific things like that. You're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Have yeah. no idea how to do it. Couldn't even tell you, like, how to explain how I do it, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're just, like, getting to the title. And then by the time that you're at Blue Belt, you've maybe read, like, the first page of, of all a of A lot the of books. books. Yeah. Not all the books, but a lot of Not the books. Not all of them, but most of them. Mm-hmm. All the big title names, you've read the first page, maybe even, like, the first couple pages, mm-hmm. depending on where your game is at. And then by the time you're at Purple Belt, now you've read the first chapter of every book. Is, I think, the way that my dad explains it. I think at Purple Belt, what he says is you're diving deep into certain books. Because you're developing your game. Okay, yep. So there's a few books that you really like that you're starting to finish. Mm-hmm. At and Purple and Brown. As a Brown, you're probably, you've probably read one book, but now you're trying to reread it. Yeah, you're trying to read. You've read multiple books as a Brown Belt. And you're getting deeper and deeper into the library. Mm-hmm. And there's a black belt. I think the black belt is you've read a couple books to extend, but now you have all these other books to mm-hmm. read to the end. Right. Comes back. I mean, let's be honest, you're just is endless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's endless amount of movements and techniques. And I know Brent was saying when he was in the Brazil camp with Master Sauer that uh, Brent was doing front headlock stuff that he specializes in. And Master Sauer was like, Brent and would you please teach this for everybody? <laughs> and he's like, oh, <laughs> me? And Pedro was probably taking notes like, okay, yeah, this is great. That's good stuff. I should explain it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's been doing it, for, I don't know, 40, 50 years? Jiu-Jitsu? He's in his 60s. He started when he was like 14, 15, 16. Really? I thought he was younger than that. I know he was in his teens. Okay. Interesting. Because yeah. he was a troublemaker. Yeah. Remember? Yep. <laughs> And his mom was like, you need to go. Yeah. But yeah, Master Sauer, that's pretty much all he does now is just seminars. I think mm-hmm. that's his full-time job at this point. I don't even think he actively trains anymore. He just... He trains with a couple certain people. Yeah. But I know he has a group chat with all the coral belts in the world. That's, that's what a little intimidating. <laughs> you want to tell the Hickson story? Oh, my gosh. So we were hanging out with Master Sauer last summer, and this was my first time ever meeting him. And... When I was growing up, my dad was a huge jujitsu fanatic, and I think at this point in our lives, my dad was probably a blue belt, so he was very into it, trying to figure out his style, his There's probably three stripes. Didn't matter. <laughs> but no, I cared. We had a dog, a little Bashan Frise, and his name was Hickson. My dad named him Hickson Gracie. And it was very funny because I was so young, I had never heard of Hickson. And so we spelled his name the same way, R-I-C-K-S-O-N. And I would always say, why are we calling him Hickson when it's spelled Rickson? And he's like, it's Brazilian. And I was like, I don't care if it's Brazilian. It Portuguese. looks weird. <laughs> and, yeah, port- is it Portuguese? Portuguese. Okay. That's cool. Portuguese and Brazilian. I know, but... Anyway. <laughs> so... I grew up with this dog, Hickson, and it was so funny to, like, tell people that my dog's name, and they'd be like, that's a weird name. I'm like, yeah, my dad likes some dude named Hickson, so we named him after that. So <laughs> that's where we were, and that's all I knew about it until I started myself. 
and I was talking to Master Sour last summer, and he was talking to us about his stories with the Gracies growing up and all that fun stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, like, my dad, he was a huge uh, Hickson Gracie fan growing up, and I, he loved him so much that he actually named our dog Hickson, and Pedro Sauer just started, like, belly laughing, and he <laughs> yeah. goes, oh, I'll have to let Hickson know, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't know you still talk to him, please, please, this is like, he's been in our house for a half hour, like, I have yeah, no, we're sitting out on the deck. no idea about this guy, and I was just like, oh my god, I didn't know that you talked to him, and I know he's really, like, crazy famous, so, oh, uh, please don't tell Hickson Gracie we named the dog after him. <laughs> And Hickson, if you're watching, <laughs> you are the best dog ever. Never <laughs> 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 <No> mind. <laughs> oh, that's super funny. But though. no, Hickson Gracie, the person, was my dad's just idol in jujitsu. Like, he still talks about him very constantly to this day about how he only, what, he's like 401 or something with his something, matches. Just some crazy ridiculous. Number. That he's just crazy, phenomenal yeah. at what he does. But our dog, Hicks and Gracie, did not live up to that expectation. He was <laughs> not a very smart dog. Yeah, Master Sauer calls Hickson a nightmare. One of his nightmares. Yeah. You mentioned Hickson's name, and Pedro does a little shudder, like, Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. my dad said that he was in Brazil in January with the last person to ever tap Hicks and Gracie out. Was it Baru? Baru. Yep. And my dad was just sitting there in awe, like, You tap Hickson out. This is really intimidating to be in the same room as you. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. <laughs> uh, they yeah. normally just sleep when we do this. I don't know what they're doing. I think they're hungry. We hear them like moving bowls around right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're mad at us. That's okay. Sorry if you can hear the little pitter patter in the background, eh, but it'll be fine. Everybody loves dogs. Except for Brenton Fitzgerald. Well, he liked Hickson. <laughs> <laughs> the dog and the person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, but seminars. Yeah. Yes. So, learning from Master Sauer is fantastic. Yeah. We last talked, we were just talking about libraries, mm -hmm. and we are talking about jujitsu as a language, mm -hmm. and having conversations through jujitsu. So Which I think another, yeah, another super intimidating thing about seminars, though, besides the price for a lot of people, especially newer people, is that you do learn so much information that it can feel a little overwhelming sometimes that when you're mm -hmm. in the room, like I remember I went to Pedro Sauer's seminar last year and I was also very hesitant on going because I was like, I'm not going to retain any of that. Like I'm still learning everything. I don't even know how to do anything to completion. Like I don't want to go to a seminar and pay all this money to not really retain it. So I was mm -hmm. very, very hesitant on it. But there is actually, I, from that seminar specifically, that was in August? July. July. That was in July. Yeah. So I had been training for just about a year. I think it was at my 12 or 13 mark, month mark at that point. And there was one thing that Master Sauer taught in that seminar that I still use every single role. Mm -hmm. Every Which single thing? time. The posture in guard. Yeah, with your pelvic mm -hmm. pelvis turned. Mm -hmm. Yes, he taught that again. Did he? And he taught a whole guard pass from it, which I taught this last week, and I made a couple of people miserable with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's it's a great technique, and I like I said, I was nervous, I was hesitant about going because I didn't mm -hmm. think I would retain anything. But you find those one or two things that you retain, and you use it forever. 
Yes. And now, like I just said, I use that specific thing, the staying in guard with your pelvis turned so that you it's harder to sweep you every single roll. Every yeah. single time. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and obviously, if you're newer or still learning what you do and don't know about jujitsu, don't go to some crazy, like, Barambolo <laughs> seminar or, I you know, people that are going to gonna like... teach super crazy stuff. Honestly, if you're super new, I'm not saying don't go to a seminar. I still think you should. But maybe also don't overwhelm yourself and don't go to an all-day one. Or don't go to a double one. Maybe just do one so that you can retain it a little bit more, too. Yeah, I would just say pick and choose who you're learning from. If there's somebody world-renowned as a great teacher, yes, go to it. If there's somebody that's, you know, a competition beast and you're not sure if they're a great teacher or not, maybe pass on that one and, you know, go to someone else. Yeah. Because some people are great at jujitsu, but they cannot teach to save their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people are great teachers and they're just okay at jujitsu, but that's fine because they can teach everything they're doing, mm-hmm. which helps out everybody. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I think, how many seminars have I been to? So I've been training for just under two years now, and I've probably been to three seminars. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's been three. I can only think of two right now, but I'm pretty sure I've been to three. Hmm. Even if it is only the two, um, that Mike Coy, Master Sauer, that's still one a year, like he said that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to one this summer, so that'll be my third one, or at least, if not fourth. I cannot remember if I've done a third. I feel like I have, though. But anyway, not a big deal. <laughs> but the point is, is that I'm still a white belt, I'm still going to seminars, and I'm not going often, but I'm going enough where I'm still retaining things from it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, take notes, like he was saying. Yes. It's always a big thing. Yep, take notes on your phone, take notes on a notebook. I do both. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you're allowed to record at all. Some of them you are. People were definitely doing it at the last seminar. Yeah. Yeah, and you can take would, pictures here and there. Yeah, I would check into that, though. If you're going to yeah. do a seminar, make sure you look into the rules about recordings before just pulling out your phone. Yeah. Because you are paying for that, and other people are not, so they don't want you probably sharing that information if phones are not allowed. Yeah, there's some schools that don't even let outsiders come to class because they don't want to share knowledge, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so we have a very fun competition style that we train. It's a... Our, Way to success is the way we call it. I'm not going to talk about it in the video, but... What? Hang on. So, but we train people a specific way how to enter the mats, what to do from here to here to here to here to here to submission. And it's a very like set technique and a very set style that we teach our students at Fluid. And I remember we had one person come in from a different school. And I think they were just there just for class because they were like closed. Or, yeah, maybe they were traveling. I don't know. They weren't in our school, but they definitely trained. And my dad, he taught the whole sequence, and then he looked at that person, and he's like, you can't go and share this. <laughs> this is our secret. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's not like we don't let people in. It's just yeah. that's an example of, like, that's a fluid thing, and if you see someone do it, more than likely a fluid thing. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, seminars are very highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, if you're going to go to a sour one, too, a master sour one, you should probably wear white. Yes, white geese. You want to get white geese for seminars. Not everybody cares, but, you know, if you, some gyms don't even let you come to the gym if you don't have a white gee. Yeah, it's like a respect thing, too. I think it's tradition or something. Respect. 
tradition is respect, but yeah. And then it looks better in the picture <laughs> if everyone's wearing <laughs> white together. Yeah, I only have two white E's, and it was a three-day seminar. So the first day, was I was wearing blue, and me and one other guy were wearing blue, and the rest of like the 50 people were all wearing white. And we just stuck out. <laughs> I was like, sorry. Yeah. But that was also, it was a Friday night. You probably didn't expect their picture to be taken. You were just like, I'm saving my two white geese for the two days that I'm going to be there. So I'm just going to throw on this random gee. Also, if you're not going to have a white gee, the suggested color after white is blue. It's not black. It's not gray. It's, it's blue. So mm -hmm. you did the right thing by wearing blue. Yeah. And try not to like go to another gym with your gym's patches all over. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind like of funky. This. Yeah, like, I did not bring this geek. Well, it's not white. But I also, I'm not going to go to other gyms, like an open mat or something, and wear my fluid stuff. The rash guards are fine. Open mats are fine. Yeah. I think if you're going for a lesson, though. Right. Lessons are different. Open mats are totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, this last week I came up with the best idea ever <laughs> to have the world's largest open mat. My goal is to have, like, a thousand people all at one open mat. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So right now I think we're looking for dates in September. So keep an eye out for that. Yes. We have no set plans yet. I have a lot of ideas I'm putting together to make it happen. I got people willing to help, so it's fantastic. I know our last Wisconsin Dells competition, which is very close to the area, had almost a thousand competitors. So. And that was paying to compete. This exactly. is a free open mat. Yeah, this will be free. It'll be for charity, and then I'll, uh, it's gonna be awesome. Sponsorships, trying to get some food involved. It'll be a pretty wild event. It should be fun. So keep an eye out for that. If you guys have any ideas, <laughs> send them my way. Yeah, <laughs> I love ideas. Yeah, it yeah. should be fun. But that's kind of different from a seminar. Like oh, that's seminars totally different, yeah. are different from open maps. They're different from lessons in school. Yeah, like, which they're is. All which is why I want to try to have the world's largest open mat because it's not a seminar, it's not a camp, it's not a competition. It's just a whole huge number of grapplers coming together, training, rolling, eating, having a good time. Yeah. Well, I know he put out a survey in one of his jiu-jitsu groups that he's in on Facebook, and he asked, what's the biggest open mat that you've ever been to? And he gave, like, specific numbers, and a big, giant majority of them were, I've never been to an open mat with more than 50 people. Yeah. There was like a couple <laughs> people, a handful of people who were like, oh, about 100. I think there was yeah. like two or three who said over 200. But right. besides that, that's two or three that answered. So he's trying to throw on like a thousand people. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> trying to make it literally the world's largest open mat. Yeah. And create a whole bunch of buzz for it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. But anyways, that's different than seminars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I think... I think seminars are very valuable. So like we talked about, the price is a little expensive and there are a couple of rules that you should follow with the geese, colors, and everything like that. But I think that you get so much out of them that they end up being worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you have a seminar in your area, especially from someone that you like to learn from, just go. Yeah, just go. There's another huge benefit of seminars, the bigger they are also. It's just networking in general. Yeah. You know, it's really cool to go to a place where everybody is like-minded, even if you've never met them. Mm -hmm. So it's basically just like a little jiu-jitsu convention where everybody's learning one <clears throat> technique, but you're all basically already friends because you are all like-minded and interested in the same thing. And there's a commonality that you can build a relationship off of immediately. So 
I met a whole bunch of people on the, at the last seminar. Would you say jujitsu is a cult? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a positive cult. Yeah. But we compare it to a cult a lot. Most definitely is a cult. You got to wear special clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do certain things at certain times. You got to know the rules. You try to get all your friends to join it. <laughs> uh, you but, live and breathe it. Talk about it all the time. Absolutely. But it it's doesn't mean it's a bad cult. You know, I mean, I don't think that there's a large amount of people that have committed suicide altogether at one time in jujitsu. Wow. And I don't want that to happen that at the open real mat. dark real fast. <laughs> That's a bad cult. That's what oh, a bad cult does. Cult. I was more thinking like Satan worshippers or something. But well, instead you're like dying. <laughs> yeah, like the cult that they, they all drink the poison juice. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Uh, Charles Manson, right? Mm, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Nope. It's common knowledge. That's what people think of when they think of cults. Jiu-Jitsu is a great cult. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't sound that great right now <laughs> after that discussion. But it's super fun. <laughs> but yeah, you meet a lot of people at seminars, open mats, jujitsu events that you can network with immediately. And yeah. it's great. You can network for personal gain. You can network for business gain. You can also just network just so like, hey, where do you train? And if you find someone who runs a school, she'll be like, awesome, can I hit you up if I'm ever in town and come train? And more than likely, they're going to say yes. Yeah. More than likely. If they don't, you probably shouldn't hang out with them. Yeah, you should be like, <laughs> okay then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. over here now. Talk to this guy. <laughs> yes. But. Yeah. Super fun. <clears throat> yeah. I don't really have anything else on seminars. They're pretty simple. As complex as they are, they're pretty simple to talk about Unless you're yeah. there and you're talking about technique, there's not really much more to cover than what we did. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a great way to get yourself out there and learn to mm-hmm. a vast knowledge and hear from a bunch of different people who maybe know all the same thing as you, but in different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And if you're rich or save up money, you can go to camps, which are awesome. They're multi-day, basically destination jujitsu seminars. And no Master Sour does one in Brazil for yep. $2,000. BJJ Globetrotters have them around the world. Uh, the last one I sent you was the Iceland one, mm-hmm. which sounds really cool. I know we've got somebody Some that's... women do it, too. Yeah. I know uh, yes. Joanna and Claire just went to one. I think it was a weekend one. Oh, for women? Mm-hmm. Yes, which is awesome. Which, why don't you talk about your weekend? Yeah. What did you do while I was gone? So, because him and Brent, my dad, were gone for that Friday, he decided that instead of getting a substitute for the Friday class, he was just going to make it an open mat. But it was a special open mat because it was just for women. So, it was super, super cool. It got a lot of hype. We talked about it a lot on social media. It was a good word of mouth experience. And we got, I think, like 32 in total showed up of just females in the gym and then we all trained and it was fantastic and clearly with that many girls in there like I didn't get a chance to roll with even half of them which was a little unfortunate but it was still very cool to be able to be in that type of environment because everyone was so happy Mm -hmm. there's a lot of girls drinking (laughs) they're all comfortable with each other yeah because that's the biggest thing about women and men grappling together and sometimes it's just like you know, you imagine if you're a smaller dude or if there's just a dude that's huge mm-hmm. and squishing you, they deal with that on a yeah. daily rolling basis. Yeah, so I was actually, I was rolling with another girl from a different gym 
and she was my size and my rank. That does not happen. Unless she's in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there are girls my size in the gym, but they're either just starting or they're way above me, like, in skill level. So, I mean, they're great roles. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic roles. Love doing it. Love rolling with any female. But they... Disclaimer. <laughs> it's just different when it's someone your size and your rank because it's, like, just skill level. They're completely matched. And it was cool to not be in a competition setting where you were just trying to freaking beat the living snot out of each other. But you were able to have a conversation with your jujitsu. Yeah. And we just <laughs> rolled and we just were very, like, slow paced and easy going. Like, it was really cool to just be able to move with someone like her. And we both looked at each other and we both had giant smiles on our faces after the roll. We were just like, that was so fun. And now I know where she trains cool. and we're going to probably try to train a little bit more together. Networking. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but. super cool. And because of that, because I got such great buzz, we actually, which was our last podcast, we got to get on the news and talk about jujitsu for self-defense for women and just self-defense in general, mm-hmm. which was super fun. Yep. That was a good news segment. You know, if you're interested in that, go check out our last podcast, episode 12, mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu for Self-Defense. Yes. And then going back to the women's only open mat, we are going to try to make it that more of more than just an annual thing. I think we were talking about maybe quarterly, if not just semi-annually, so that yeah. we can get it more often because it is so cool for females to be able to train together. I do mm-hmm. know that uh, Ellie, I don't know if she wants me to say her actual name, Melissa, <laughs> and Tracy and I are actually Who's planning. Melissa? <laughs> I don't know, some, some random cop. She's probably three chai blue or something. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. But uh, we're planning, Tracy, Ellie, and I are planning on doing a female podcast talking about what it's like to be in a male dominated sport as a female Mm. and constantly get smashed but love it at the same time. So it's going to be great. That's what she said. So pay attention to that. We were trying to do that last week. So it was technically supposed to be this week's episode, but we didn't get a chance to get together. So it'll be up soon. So pay attention for that one because that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. The women at Fluid are crazy. Look at those crazy eyes. I'm probably one of the least crazy ones. Just saying. (laughs) Rule number one, women are crazy. Mm -hmm. Of all women. Okay. (laughs) Well, if you guys have ever been to a seminar, drop in the comments where you have been, what you got out of it, and what advice you would give to other people about going. Because I think that would be something pretty cool to see. Yeah, and drop your favorite nugget that you've ever learned from a seminar in the comments. What's the one thing you learned in a seminar, whether it was yesterday or 10 years ago? What's the one thing that you learned that you still use today? Yeah, that sticks out because there's multiple things that are sticking out from a few seminars I've been to, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And, you know, if there's ever a question answer portion in the seminar, I would advise you to ask this question to whoever's instructing the seminar. Say, if there was one thing that I was to take away from the seminar today, what would it be? And they will immediately tell you the most important thing out of their whole seminar, awesome. which is awesome. That's good info. Yes, that's what I did with Mike, remember? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, yes, this. And then everybody was like, ah, yes, that is right. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. But. Yeah, super fun. So, yeah, go check out some seminars in your town. We are hosting a Master's Hour seminar at Fluid Jiu-Jitsu on July 12th. July 12th. I believe it's July 12th at Fluid Jiu-Jitsu in Greenfield, Wisconsin, Master's Hour. Uh, I'll put a link in the video no, June description. 12. June 12th. June. It's June 12th. Yeah. Scratch what I said with July and 
remember it as June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. July was last year. June 12th. That's fine. He, uh, he'll be in town. I know a couple of our friends from Bluig were a little upset that we didn't invite them over last year when he was there, but we were also like, no, we're not I think gonna... last year was COVID also. Yeah, That's but we, we also weren't going to be like, well, we have Master Sour over a really like a individual. Yeah, unless they're a huge party. Like, but I'm we didn't have the Master over. Sour sleepover. Stop it. No, we did not. Oh my gosh. But... Now that we know that Master Sour is a super cool dude, and he really likes us, and he really likes being around everyone, we probably will have a little get-together with some people, so. Yeah, we'll have a fire. Yeah. We'll take a picture. We'll post it. Maybe we'll, we'll get him on this podcast. Yep. <laughs> we'll see. So. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks so much for watching, everybody, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Go to a seminar. Go to a seminar.